Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Take a second before we get started to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. That might mean listening on uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts, or if you're checking us out on YouTube or Spotify, you can follow along there as well. We do release uh, interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at consequenceofsound.net. I'm Kyle Merritt, and today my guest is Noel Hogan of the Cranberries. They're releasing their final album, In the End, on April 26th. Of course, this comes uh, just about a year after the passing of Dolores, which is just really one of the saddest bits of news that, that we have gotten. But there was enough material recorded that the band was able to salvage uh, what Dolores had already committed to tape and, and 
really put out one of the best records of their career called In the End. I'm going to be talking to Noel about what it took to get the record to that place, where this all started for them. We'll talk about some of those songs like All Over Now, Wake Me When It's Over, and In the End. Titles that sort of mean something different now than what they originally intended when Dolores wrote them. We'll talk about plans they might have once this is all done. And we'll also talk about some of the anniversaries coming up. No Need to Argue has its 25th year. They also play Woodstock 94, so we're going to go back there, figure out what that whole gig was like. And yes, get a few details on some unreleased music that maybe we can expect sooner than later. It's Kyle Meredith with the Cranberries. Thank you for doing this. This is a this is a big honor. Uh, I've been such a fan of you all. You all for for the whole run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a kind of mixed emotions on it, really. Yeah. I mean, in the end, that 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 is that is that is the actual title of it. It is a song on, on the record as well, but it but it sums it up coming out April twenty sixth. This record is so good. It's it's one of the best things I think that the Cranberries ever done, you know, uh, in that Thank remarks. You. Congratulations. I mean, I, I guess all the accolades or compliments that come along with this, it is. It, it all sort of has that dark lean to it, right? I mean, we're saying congratulations, but it's it's with a tear. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one because as someone said to me, we've been doing a promo tour for, oh, I guess, a month or so now around Europe um, before we go to the States. And um, people are kind of saying you're out promoting the end, you know, <laughs> the end of you really is what you're doing uh, in many ways because it's just like for us right now and the last 12 months has just been so crazy that it just feels like it's the right thing to do now is to just kind of finish with this. We're looking at it in a kind of funny way in that we consider ourselves really lucky that we're able to do this album, you know, that we had enough there with Dolores that, we can kind of go out on a high, if you want to say it that way, because I, I do think the album is really strong and I think it's a good way to finish. Um, but like it's it's kind of mixed emotions, as I say, because you wonder oh, in a year's time, are you going to be like kind of sitting here kind of going, I, I'd really love to play live again. I'd love to do this again or that. And it's really hard to tell. Um, it's just been such a kind of whirlwind year, really from the 15th of January of last year when Dolores passed away to, to this very day. You know, the whole thing is, a, is a, it's almost a blur. I wonder in, in a month or two's time when when it's all done and dusted, how I'll view this now. You know, you kind of wonder about that sometimes. You know, a lot of people have asked you, like, oh, would you would you put a different singer? And you've, you've shot that down. And, and I think to a certain mm. degree, I, I agree with that too. But I did wonder about what you were saying there. Is like, is there that desire to want to play these songs live, like maybe even once for like one of those tribute shows yeah. where you get a bunch of vocalists or something like that, you know? it's Yeah, there's definitely, look, I'd be lying if I said no, I... I you know, I don't want to hear them live because in many ways, the first time we played them was the last time we played them mm-hmm. um, because we played them to record them and, and we haven't played them since. So it's, you know, and you are constantly wondering, oh, I want to know what that would be like live and, you know, how we would have worked it and because you always kind of change things up a bit. And so, like, look, I'll never say never, you know, because, <laughs> you know, so many bands over the years, oh, that's it. You know, whenever doing that, it's never going to happen. And then, you know, a year later, right. they're on a stage somewhere together. So, uh, and you'd be ringing me up going, you said you'd never do it. <laughs> so, so um, right now, you, you know what it is? It's, I guess, 
it's very raw and emotional still for the three of us. Um, even though a year and a bit has passed since Laura's passed away, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's only a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and it's hard to imagine yourself standing on a stage with somebody else in between the three of us. So it, I don't know if time will change that, but right now we feel that this is this is the kind of way to, to bow out of this thing. Sure. Well, let, let's in, then jump into the actual album itself with, with In The End. So from what I gather, this sort of starts with the Something Else live shows uh, when, yeah. when it all comes together. Now, playing those old songs, th- this album, In The End, really does have a lot of that classic feel to it for the first time in a while. And, and I, is Does that have anything to do with it because you all were doing the Something Else tour, concentrating on the older um, songs? Well, I guess the thing I can be thankful for for the tour was that we were playing the older songs, but we, Doris and I had started going, it'd be great to play some new songs. <laughs> you know, we were kind of playing them going, yeah, this is great and it's lovely that we've done these other versions and all that, but we hadn't kind of written together in a while. And, and for the Something Else album, there's three new songs on that. But there's one core, right, which was the the one called The Glory is the name of it. And we really enjoyed doing that. And we kind of thought, you know, it'd be fun to kind of do some more of that because we hadn't done anything since the, the last brand new album of all new tracks was back in 2012. So a lot of time had passed. So at the rehearsals for that tour, we got talking about that. Then the very, very first day of that tour, we, we went to Poland. We were starting there and it was a day off when we got there. And with the kind of thought in my head that, you know, Lord and I have been talking about writing, I spent that whole day working in my hotel room <clears throat> on a track, which is actually on the album. And I, I sent it to her later that night, said, look, I've been doing this all day. And, and that was really how it began. Sent her that track. She loved it. She started working on it. Um, it's called on the album. It, the name of the title of the track is uh, "A Place I Know." So it kind of launched with that. Then we we were on the tour and we were both tipping away kind of individually. And uh, when Doris kind of couldn't tour anymore because of her back problem, she went back to New York. I ended up in France, and we were both. I was on my own there, and Doris was in New York on her own board. And she kind of rang me and she said, "Look, would you be on for writing? Let's kind of to keep this thing going." So I said, yeah, I'd love to, you know, it would give me something to do as well and we can use the time off productively. So we didn't say anything to anyone. We just went off and started emailing each other ideas over and back for the following six months then. So that was June of 2017 up until December. So we've been doing the co-writes. The doors have been tipping away on songs on our own over in New York. So it kind of, we started to build this catalogue of songs then. And the plan was that in um, 2018, we would kind of go in and, and start recording that the album that you have today, this album. So what's so amazing about to that point is is these are you know in that sense demo vocals, and mm-hmm. and when I say that it's like, holy cow, these are demo vocals. You know this. I mean yeah. that's that just goes to show how amazing she was. I mean those are. Yeah, I've been saying that to people like. You know, when I first kind of told people we were doing this with these demo vocals, like, are you, you know, are you serious? Thinking a demo is, you know, kind of a throwaway thing. Um, But it's not unusual for us to use demo vocals. She was that good that, you know, the the quality, if she really felt something in a song, she gave it all. And and it's like not the first time she would have come in and kind of redone a vocal and gone, I actually prefer the demo. Let's, Let's use that. And we've done that before. So it was kind of 
you know, when we went through all the songs, we felt, yeah, there's, there's enough here. She's done enough. Like, this is, you know, we can do this album. There was a few that didn't make the album that they were demos as well, but they just weren't up to scratch. You know, she would have kind of left out words or hummed a bit or just give me a bit of a chorus and not the, or a bit of a verse and nothing else. And so those ones, it's a pity because they had great potential, but they're, you know, they'll never be heard. So what these 11 tracks were the ones that were kind of more or less finished, really, in, this, in the demo shape. But what they needed was... You know, Mike and Ferg in particular, well, you need the rhythm, the Cranberries rhythm section to make it that whole song, you know, to make it a Cranberries song. Now, she had just come off uh, the, the Dark Project, that band, you know, which must, must have been invigorating in some way, as, as I kind of uh, see in the interviews. And I don't know, did you notice any of the influence from that making its way onto what she was doing with you? No, like, we had conversations about it because we'd... We did like to go off and, and kind of work with other people individually, uh, you know, outside the Cranberries as the years went on, because we found that you may not be kind of coming back to the Cranberries with kind of, I wanted to go this direction now. With, you know, you wouldn't have that attitude, but, but you subconsciously, these things do sit in your mind and, and influence you. And, you know, she'd said to me, oh, I, I really liked doing that. It was fun, but I want to go back to do this now because... She, our big thing was that she she hated singing to program drums. That was she said. There's no movement there. I don't like that. It's you know it's too weird. I I need the more human flow of things where things speed up and slow down. As much as she used to kill us sometimes live, because we would wander around in the tempos slightly more than we probably should have. But in in even saying that, she you know that's what she enjoyed. So. So she definitely, um, I think more than anything on this album, what I've noticed and, and when every time she kind of called was she kept saying, I've loads to say. I've had so much go on in my life in the last three or four years that I want to, you know, I want to get it out there. So you, I couldn't write quick enough to get the stuff to her for her to, to sing on. She had tons to say. And that's why I guess a lot of the subject matter in these songs it's about really kind of things coming to an end and finishing. And that, you know, was really her saying about that part of her life was gone now, was behind her, and that she was moving on. I mean, you get that from the first single. One in the title alone, mm. I mean, All Over Now, which, as I understand, is a song um, that deals with domestic abuse. But mm. but obviously that meaning means something for all of us. Did, did it change in that same way for you? Yeah, look. People will read a lot more into some of these songs than, than she ever meant to be. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, what she was really talking about is all these things in her life coming to an end and her moving on. But obviously, a lot of it is about when you talk about ending of things and then the ending of the band. It just, <clears throat> people will kind of put it together in their own mind that that, that was it. But it, it was really, the album was written as just another Cranberries album. Like, this is the next Cranberries album. And we had always thought, you know, there'll be another one and another one and so on. So it was never meant to be that way. But there is no way you can kind of dodge that thing now where people will, they know it's the last album, they know the horse has passed away. So they're going to read far more into these lyrics than she would have intended. But, like, she liked that kind of thing as well. In fairness, she, uh, she used to get a kick out of it. Like, she... She hated explaining what songs were about oh, yeah. to people because she'd like to people take their version of it, their interpretation. 
But in that sense, it it is a bit of a shame because when you're de- you like she was writing about very personal things, but you know these are mm. big themes that that help out people in the end, you know. So to yeah. kind of be obscured a bit in that way, I mean that's that's that, that part's a bit of a shame, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's just it's you know unfortunately sure. it's something you know that we we kind of have to live with for for it's like I have sat there some nights wondering what she would have thought of this album now you know the yeah. finished version but you that's the kind of stuff that you can drive you mad <laughs> you know you're kind of wondering how that would have what she would have done and would it still sound the same or whatever but it's just one of those things you kind of just have to you'll never know well let me look into one too deep here as something that I, I, I sort of had a little a mini mind blowing moment when I when I put the two together because mm. when you go back to the very first record and the very first track I still do she says the line I can't see the future and when you go to the very last song of your very last album it's followed by everything you wanted was nothing that you wanted in the end I mean it reads like a story the literal last words are the end you know and that's yeah that's I mean, I guess that's complete coincidence as we're talking here, but now I don't know another band where you can look at a catalog where it starts at a beginning of a story and ends at one in, in lyrically in, in such an interesting way. I mean, that's that's the stuff of myth-making right there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's like The whole thing has just been a kind of a series of weird kind of, you know, um, coincidences, really, in many ways, because she... Like like that song in the end, you know, we're there playing it on the last day and um, you're kind of going, oh God, this is so weird. Like we, this is our last day recording, our last day playing together as the Cranberries, you know, um, and we are listening to the lyrics of this song and you're going like, I mean, it couldn't, you, you couldn't make this stuff up really. And um, it was just bizarre kind of. A, and and. When we finished recording it that day, we kind of thought, yep, that's that's the title of the album right there. You know, it kind of, it, it wrote itself, as they say. Beyond that, I'll, I'll also throw a big old compliment to Wake Me When It's Over. I mean, uh, it's a harder song. It, you know, it, it, it harkens back mm. to some of those heavier songs that you do and, and kind yeah. of stands out in that way on the record. Uh, where, I don't know, did that, did that come from anywhere specific? Well, that was, you know, it's a real kind of classic kind of it's one of Dolores' songs and it just it has that kind of feeling of zombie to me that's what it, you know that kind of softer verse with a big anthony kind of chorus you know and um uh, as far as i know it'll be the next single as well it'll be the second oh, cool. single from the album because it kind of when we heard it we thought yeah that's that's got all the elements that you need because the surprising thing we found is that the first single came out and everybody was going, oh, that's not at all what we expected. We thought it was going to be like this kind of morbidy, maybe an acoustic track or a piano track or something, you know, really downbeat. And everybody was just really surprised that it was like this kind of big, rocky kind of uh, drum intro kind of thing and all this. So I think I like the idea that the next single is, is down that vein as well of a big kind of rock song because it. You know, it, it drives home the fact that this album was written just as another Cranberries album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, it's one of my favorites right now of the year on top of that, but uh, I'm a big fan Thank you. Uh, of it. And so many on here. You know, this does put it all to bed, but, uh, it, it, you know, there, there is the uh, the idea, and I've heard you all talk about it a little bit, that later on in the year, No Need to Argue will celebrate its 25th, and I was wondering if, if mm. there are plans for it to follow in the uh, everybody else's footsteps in the way that, uh, you know, the anniversary um, editions. 
Yeah, there'll be something, but it's kind of harder. It's it's a bit of a hard one because with the first one, we had done so much stuff before that album came out that had never been released. It was actually, in a small way, easier to get bits because you had a lot of demo recordings and then live stuff and photos no one had ever seen before. So you'd all that. Whereas when the second album came out, we had been, or, you know, we had the success of the first album and everything we were doing was released more or less straight away uh, between radio sessions and gigs. And so it's proving a bit more difficult to find kind of unheard things or, or kind of rarities. Now we are working on it, but uh, it's, it may not have the, you know, the, the, as kind of a large presence as the first one because we were really, really happy with that. It just, I thought it looked great and it had tons in there that nobody had ever heard um, and a lot of stuff we'd even forgotten about. So it's, there'll be something, but I don't think it'll be on the same size as the first one. Now, I know that same year and, 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 uh, hopefully it's okay that I spent a second in 1994 here because, you know, here we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of Woodstock, which you all played the 25th anniversary yeah. of Woodstock that year. And, you know, hearing some of that, I went back and I think it was Dreams that got released on the uh, the actual soundtrack. But I don't, if you can if you can take go back there for a second, like, what do you remember about that gig? Because that was it different than other shows, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it's funny because it's it's still to this day has stood out for each one of us. It was just I don't we had never played to a crowd that size. And it was just like. When you looked out on that stage, I mean, as far as you could see into the horizon was just bodies everywhere. And they were all just going absolutely insane. And we were on early enough that day. We managed to, we managed to avoid the kind of the rain came down and it all got muddy and all messy afterwards. So we were lucky in that sense that we were long gone. But uh, it's always been one that we remembered because of the vastness of it. We had never done anything like that. And we were still kind of in many ways it was still early days for us even though we were having a lot of success you know you you play gigs you know every day but nothing like that um so it's i can kind of remember like remember like it was yesterday really what was the camaraderie what what well i guess you say was there camaraderie with the bands were you all able to do that in that setting no it was too big because i remember there was a the backstage area was literally a helicopter right away <laughs> so that's how you got wow you got kind of shipped from, it was a kind of a lake, right? I remember this, there was a lake and, um, and a kind of a lower, like a campsite, but it was actually, that was the backstage area. And then you got, you got a helicopter and you went over, you landed literally behind the stage. And my brother, the bass player, Mike, he wouldn't get in the helicopter. He had a fear of it. So he ended up getting a, a boat, had to leave way before we did to get across the lake. But it was just so you kind of went there, you did that, you were on, and then they kind of wanted you out of there because it was there was too many bands, too many people around for everybody to be hanging around the place. So um, it was a really quick day in that sense. Yeah. Now I just heard that uh, the Green Day is actually releasing their set on a record store day. Do you all have the rights to that? Is that is that something you all could ever do? Is start releasing some live shows, especially one like that? Yeah, I'm sure we could, and um, because I it was for this record store day, uh, we had an idea only about maybe a month ago but we were way way too late so it's something we might do next year with a song from this album and one from an older album that slightly different versions that we have that we're looking at doing so so next year i think is the plan to try and do something a bit special i mean that's good to know because even if you know the album 
cycle is kind of closing, just knowing that there's still stuff that, you know, the fans can kind of yeah. kind of grab onto and everything like that. So that's that's exciting. You know, that's in that way. Yeah. Noel, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, this is a beautiful record. It's a fantastic record in, you know, for how it had to happen. Uh, it's um, I love it. I really do. Great. Thank you so much. That That's great. You know, it's good to hear that because we've lived with it for like, it's really I actually looked this morning for something else. It was the 16th of April last year. It was the first day of recording. So it's almost a year since we started this. Oh, wow. And uh, it's it's a long time to live with an album. Uh, so it's great to kind of, because you're anxious about, oh, what will people make of it and everything. So when you start to get a bit of feedback back from people, it's fantastic. And you know you've done the right thing then. Well, I'm so glad that we have this music, uh, that, that that you were far enough along that we could get this music. Uh, it's um, yeah. very fortunate. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. All right. Take Talk care. Soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My thanks to Noel Hogan of the Cranberries. The new record is called In the End. And hey, if you haven't already, uh, hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. You made it this far. <laughs> Whether you're checking us out on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, maybe listening on Spotify or on YouTube, really wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, uh, subscribe so you can keep up with us. After that, you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Hit up consequenceofsound.net for all your music and film news needs. You can find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, and Facebook, slash Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.